This is Kim Balorchi, and you're listening to Boldly Stated. This week, I was having a conversation with an aspiring attorney. She's young and poised and has the world ahead of her. And when I asked her, what is your biggest goal? Her answer to me was work-life balance. Now, the fact that we're still aspiring for work-life balance gives me tremendous pause and is the reason why I'm going to talk about this in very candid terms today, because the truth is it doesn't exist. Now, I need to be honest with you and tell you that for years, I chased it. For years, I compartmentalized my life and tried to figure out how to find that elusive work-life balance that would make me feel like I wasn't failing in some aspect of my life. Because when you're out of balance, right, when you feel like you're either working too much or not enough or not giving enough attention to the people in your life or the things in your life that matter, you constantly feel like you're failing at something. And I think the reason I bought into this idea of work-life balance for so long is that it sounds logical. It sounds good, right? If you can put the pieces of your life into some kind of balance, then we should all feel better about them. It might sound good, but it's impossible to achieve. And today I'm going to tell you why. As a society, we've created this idea that work is separate from life and that perfect balance must be found between them. The fundamental problem here is that work is not separate from life. Work is part of life. And as long as we talk about them and treat them as two separate things, we keep a separation that prevents us from what we're pursuing in the first place, which is a fulfilled and meaningful life. Everything we do as a human in a day is is part of our existence. And I think by talking about work and life as if they're separate things, we have allowed ourselves to tolerate a level of discontent and unhappiness with our work as if somehow we have to pay a penance, right? Like those are the dues we have to pay to then actually enjoy our life. When the reality is your work should be a meaningful and impactful part of your life, not a separate part that you have to endure in order to get to the part of your life that actually feels meaningful. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. I know that you're out there listening to this thinking, yeah, that's easy for you to say. I need my job. I hate my job, but I need my job. I need the money. I need the benefits. I have to do this work. Here's what I want to say. I don't know your situation, and it would be arrogant and irresponsible of me to tell you what to do. I would never do that, okay? But this is what I know for sure. I believe that we often settle for things we don't need to settle for because we have beliefs about what we can do and what we deserve. In my experience, every one of us has gifts and talents that make us uniquely capable to do amazing things. And if you're working somewhere that you don't feel like your talents are appreciated or being utilized to their fullest, or it just isn't a good environment in which to work, and you feel like um, it hurts your soul to show up every day, and you want something more for yourself, I would encourage you to explore what that more looks like. You know, am I saying quit your job and throw all your responsibility into the wind? No, I'm not. But a lot of times people think it has to be this thing or that thing, and it doesn't. It can be you continue doing this thing while you look at that thing, this and that, right? Pursue pursue multiple things. Give yourself the space to, to do something you're really going to love. I mean, right now we're seeing people resign like 
in droves as never before. And, you know, a lot of people are wondering, they're saying, why are people just not interested in working? I don't think that's it at all. I think people have realized that work is such a big part of life, right? Not separate from life, but such a big part of life that it needs to feel like a meaningful part of life. And, you know, we we have a certain amount of time here on this earth. And it's like, how do I want to be spending it? How do I want to use my talents to impact other people and to make the world feel like a more valuable place for me, for people I love, for the people who will come after me that I've never even met? I believe this is how we're wired. And so if you're sitting in a job you fucking hate, don't accept this message that you're stuck there and you have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. Employers are being required to look at their cultures, to look at what they're doing, to look at the way they run businesses and to evolve them. And it's a good thing. You know, I've been talking about this for years and I'm so excited to report that this conversation is really changing. I used to talk to CEOs about culture and they look at me like, oh, that's cute. That's a, that's a, that's an interesting topic. And once the business is to X amount of revenue or once we get these processes in place with the business and it grows to this place, we'll consider our culture. But here's the thing. Your culture is made of your people. And if your people aren't happy and thriving and maximized in every possible way, right, and loving their work and understanding your mission and why they're there, you are not going to hit those benchmarks. And if you do hit them, can you sustain that growth? The answer is becoming increasingly obvious. And while there are plenty of businesses and leaders who still don't get it, There are so many more who do and who genuinely want to create places that are amazing for talented people to work. So I am secretly so joyful at the opportunity people have and businesses have to rethink the way that we value ourselves and we value our human capital. It's it's so important. It's everything. So do not sell yourself short. You are not a pawn in in a game here. You're not stuck. And if you have this idea that you're not worth more, you're not capable of more, and I'm not talking about financial compensation here, guys. I mean, that might be part of the picture, but I'm talking about it from a, a, a deeply meaningful level. Like, what are you here to do? What kind of work would light your soul on fire? Do that, right? So, So that's the thing. When work is part of your life because you're doing something that feels inspiring to you and that you genuinely care about and and like to do, you don't have to play this weird math game of I have to put in my eight hours so I can go enjoy the other parts of my life. Your life starts to feel like a whole and that the whole thing will have its ups and downs, but, but the whole thing feels pretty good. And that's the goal here. It's not eight hours of labor, eight hours of recreation, eight hours of rest, right? That that was developed back in the 1800s. You have one life, you live it, and your work is part of it. So it should reflect you. It should reflect who you are, your values, your gifts, your talents. And this is not a far stretch, right? I know the business world is structured in a linear mathematic way a lot of times, but maybe those aren't the places where you're going to be happiest. Maybe they are. Every single person is different and you need to figure out what inspires you and where you are going to thrive. And businesses are going to need to elevate their cultures so that amazing people can thrive. And the ones that are doing it, the conscious leaders who are very focused on maximizing the talent of their people are not losing 
employees. They are not struggling. In fact, they are killing it right now because they're understanding something that a lot of businesses and organizations are still not paying attention to. And that is that your your people are your most important asset. When you are doing work that you really like, you don't feel like you're paying dues. And I think when we separate it, right, and we sort of do this false equation of you work so you can enjoy your life, it can be a control mechanism to keep workers in place who don't like what they do. Because it's like, if I can make you believe you have to put in eight hours, you know, do your, your, keep your dues or pay your dues so then you can go live your life, well, then you're not going to want more for yourself. And I'm telling you, reject that shit. You deserve more for yourself. Businesses deserve more for themselves. We all deserve better. So pursue it. Look for it. Don't sit there and hate what you're doing and think that you're stuck with it because you're not. The last thing I want to say about work-life balance, um, and this is perhaps the hardest part of the conversation, and you're like, oh, really? That wasn't just the hardest part of the conversation? No. I want you to think about who you're trying to have work-life balance for. Because in my experience, I can just tell you for myself, when I was really caught up in work-life balance, it really wasn't for me. It was more about how I looked to other people. I wanted people to look at me and think, wow, she's really got it together. She's really doing these things well, right? She's such a, a great lawyer and professional, and she's handling that piece so well, and she's such a good mom and she's, you know, got her kids and she's doing that so well and she's such a good partner. And like, I wanted people to respect me and to appreciate my balance. I wanted them to look at it and say, oh, she's doing all the things we expect of her. And I wanted a gold star. It didn't actually motivate me to try to, I wasn't motivated to try to be in balance for myself, if that makes sense. I was more motivated by how I looked to other people, trying to play by other people's rules and expectations of what a quote, imbalanced person, right? Somebody balancing, especially a woman, balancing work and life should look like. And there is no worse reason to fight for something that doesn't exist in the first place than to try to please other people or to fulfill society's idea about what, you know, you're supposed to be or how you're supposed to look. I want to encourage you to just take a moment if you're fighting this fight and you're on this bus of I am driving toward work-life balance and I want it and I need it and I got to find it to be okay. I want you to think about why. If it's not for you fully, truly, through and through, if there's any part of that because you want people to say, wow, you're so awesome. Please reconsider that motivation and turn it back into you. What do you want? What will make your life full? What will make you happy and and able to navigate the things that come, right? Like they're not all going to be good. You're going to have days that are better than others and you're going to have challenges and you're going to have moments where you're like, what did I do? But on balance, where you're going to feel like your life as a whole is a fulfilled, impactful, meaningful pursuit. It's not going to come from other people admiring you. It's not going to come from playing by rules. It's not going to come from trying to meet a standard that can't be met. It's going to come from you figuring out what makes you tick and then fearlessly going after those things. 
Now, before I go, I just want to share a personal note with you. So I have joined Glow Connective, which is a consulting firm, as a chief synergy officer. And when I tell you I wasn't looking for a new opportunity, that is an understatement. But the founder and I were introduced, we had coffee, and within moments, actually, of talking, I realized we just could not have been more aligned in our vision and our language and the work that we do and the work we've done. And so it was just this moment of, wow, there's something here that probably needs to be pursued. So I met the rest of the team. And after a few conversations, it just it became apparent that this was a joining of forces that absolutely needed to happen. And what I love so much is I talked about this in the podcast today. I used to have these conversations with CEOs about culture. And I used to spend a lot of time trying to persuade influential people that they needed to pay attention to the communication in their organization, to the culture of their organization, to their why, to aligning their teams and their leaders behind um, a common mission and purpose and, and helping everybody really put that into to action on a day-to-day basis. But those were hard conversations years ago. And a lot of times, as I said, you know, it was sort of like, yeah, that's interesting. But but today that's changing a lot. And as people are mass exiting from businesses, we have just amazing leaders coming forward who are forward thinking. And they're the ones who are saying, okay, we need to change the way we're running things. We need to change the way we're doing things to better support our talent. How do we put systems in place that that make sense? And how do we grow this in a way that's aligned with you know our vision? And how do we make sure everybody's on the same page and, and really moving in the same direction? And this is the work that GLOW does. And this is the work that I've always done. So I think we came together at this moment because there's just so much work to be done as the business world continues to shift. So I am just beside myself with excitement at the opportunity to work with this incredibly talented group of women, and I cannot wait to see what we do together. I appreciate your indulging me with a couple of minutes um, to share my good news. I just felt like I really wanted to tell you all. And I will also say this is an example of when you know what inspires you, when you know what work you love to do, it truly does not feel like work. This is Kimball Orchie, and you've been listening to Boldly Stated.